What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Will the nation default on its debts as a result of a congressional refusal to raise the debt ceiling? Congressman Bill Heisinger was asked about the topic at a tele-town hall this week. He said negotiations on the debt ceiling between the White House and Congress are nothing new. Meanwhile, he said the need to reduce spending is clear. After the first five bills of the COVID relief packages and the Paycheck Protection Program and things like that, it then became a one-party spending spree that did not garner any Republican support in the House or the Senate. And now suddenly those bills are coming due. Heisinger said only 30 percent of the annual budget is really controlled by Congress, while the other 70 percent is automatic. He did promise there will be no cuts to Social Security or Medicare as a result of the negotiations. Meanwhile, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said this week he is not optimistic about the current state of talks with the White House. An opinion from Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel will likely mean a small income tax cut Michiganders were to receive starting this year will only be temporary. A 2015 state law mandated an automatic income tax cut from 4.25% to 4.05% if revenues in the general fund hit a certain threshold. However, Nestle told State Treasurer Rachel Eubanks this week because the budget situation is only temporary, it's clear the legislature intended that tax reduction to also be temporary. That means the income tax cut would be for just one year rather than permanent. State Senator Eric Nesbitt slammed the opinion, saying Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Nestle have, quote, reached a new low in denying tax cuts to workers. He says, quote, I was there in 2015, and it could not have been more clear what the language said or what our intent was. Joining Nesbitt in slamming Nestle's opinion was former Governor Rick Snyder, who said the income tax trigger was intended to be a permanent reduction activated when the state government had a large surplus. A presentation on human trafficking and migrant workers is planned for April in Benton Harbor. Heather McGannon with the Southwest Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force tells us labor trafficking often involves a migrant worker who's cheated into taking an abusive job by a recruiter. They will quickly realize that what they thought they were coming to do is not actually what's going to happen. Usually their documents are taken from them. McGannon says the hours will be long and the living and working conditions will be poor. The workers are often told they owe thousands of dollars to the recruiter for their travel expenses. She says the April 14th engagement will feature a guest speaker with expertise on the issue. We'll be having Ben O'Hearn, who is the litigation director at Migrant Legal Aid, come speak. He does an incredible presentation about labor trafficking, and we're excited to learn from his expertise. McGannon says farm operators are often unaware when trafficked migrants are working at their farms. These are migrants in the country illegally with H-2A visas. The Lunch and Learn event will be at noon on April 14th at Corwell Health Meadowbrook in Benton Harbor. We'll have information for signing up at our website. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has announced an 18-month delay in permitting of a controversial oil tunnel construction project under the Great Lakes. Federal engineers say they need the extra time to study the massive volume of public comments submitted about the project. 
Sean McBreedy with the conservation group Oil and Water Don't Mix says the delay will push Enbridge's Line 5 project well beyond its original timeline. This was entirely predictable. From the beginning, Oil and Water Don't Mix and our allies have been saying that this is going to take a lot longer than what Enbridge was trying to sell. And likely this project will not be able to be permitted. Line 5 is a pair of aging oil pipelines under the Mackinac Straits that Enbridge wants to replace with an underground tunnel. Conservation groups oppose the project over its potential to damage the environment. A spokesperson says Enbridge is disappointed with the delay. The city of St. Joseph is seeking input on a signage project to help welcome and guide visitors around the downtown area. On a Tuesday, April 4th from 5 to 7 p.m., city officials and consultants from Corbin Design are inviting residents to City Hall to introduce the concept of wayfinding and the ways it will benefit the community. Corbin will ask the attendees to describe how they see St. Joseph and also ask questions about the area, including the top destinations and hidden gems in St. Joseph that visitors should know about. The goal of the effort is to implement a cohesive signage throughout the downtown in St. Joseph and improve awareness of the downtown area and its key points of interest and destinations. You can find out more about the project at our website. Again, that meeting is April 4th from 5 to 7 p.m. at City Hall. There's a new bus service coming to southwest Michigan. Megabus announced this week it's returning to the state after six years of not offering services in Michigan. The company will have a stop in Benton Harbor, enabling travelers from the area to take one of its buses to locations all over. Megabus says after a period of lower demand for bus travel, it's back up now that COVID pandemic is basically over. The company's buses are often equipped with restrooms, power outlets, and reclining seats. Trips out of Benton Harbor out of the terminal on M139 could take a rider to Kalamazoo, Chicago, Ann Arbor, Detroit, or Gary, Indiana, among other places. Megabus is partnering with Indian Trails for the Michigan services. They start on Monday. And Buchanan High School's Faith Carson has been named the Michigan Associated Press Division III Player of the Year. Carson, who has signed on to play at Ohio State next season, averaged 20.5 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 5.8 blocks per game. She was even better in the postseason, producing 25.2 points and 16.8 rebounds per contest and posting her second triple-double of the season with 29 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 blocks in a 70-47-7 regional championship victory over Kalamazoo Christian. She led the Bucks to their first regional title in more than 20 years. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Police in Nashville are working to uncover a motive for Monday's school shooting at a private Christian school in the city. ABC's Jacqueline Lee is in Nashville with more. Police are remaining pretty tight-lipped about where they are in the investigation when it comes to determining the motive. But what we do know is that when they executed that search warrant at the shooter's home and they discovered those writings, they discovered that the school was the target. It wasn't those specific victims the shooter was going after. And we are also learning new minute-by-minute details of what took place. We know that at 10.13 is when the call came in that there were shots fired. And then at 10.21 is when officers arrived at the scene. The Vatican says Pope Francis will be hospitalized for several days for treatment of a respiratory infection after experiencing difficulty breathing in recent days. A Vatican spokesperson, Matteo Bruni, says uh, 86-year-old Francis does not have COVID but requires several t- days of therapy. He said that today Francis has been suffering some breathing trouble in recent days and went to the uh, Gamelli Hospital for tests. Quote, the tests showed a respiratory infection, COVID-19 infection excluded, that will require some days of medical therapy, said Bruni's statement. 
Francis had one part of a lung removed when he was a young man due to a respiratory infection, and he often speaks in a whisper. The U.S. is urging China not to react to Taiwan's president traveling through the United States this week. ABC's Andy Field explains why this could spark more Chinese military action. Taiwan's president stopping in New York on her way to South America. It's not an official visit, but what the U.S. calls a routine transit that other Taiwanese presidents have made. Every Taiwan president has transited the United States. President Tsai Ing-wen herself has transited the U.S. six times since taking office in 2016. White House spokesman John Kirby saying the U.S. has spoken with China and remained reminded its leaders that the U.S. one-China policy hasn't changed. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. The Senate has voted to repeal the decades-old congressional measure that greenlit the 2003 invasion of Iraq. If approved by the House, the measure would end more than 20 years of authorization for U.S. presidents to use force in that country and return those war powers to Congress. The Iraq war ended years ago, and the repeal is not expected to affect any current troop deployments. The bipartisan legislation would also repeal the 1991 measure that sanctioned the U.S.-led Gulf War. Lawmakers in both parties are increasingly seeking to claw back congressional powers over U.S. military strikes and deployments. Pentagon officials are calling on Congress to pass the president's proposed defense budget, saying it's crucial to keeping U.S. interests protected amid growing worldwide threats. More if maybe sees Justin Finch. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Joint Chiefs of Staffs General Mark Milley questioned by the House Armed Services Committee on what would happen if Congress doesn't approve its $842 billion defense budget request as concerns about competition with China grow. Secretary Austin saying... A significant impact on our ability to conduct... Uh, Create, uh, conduct new starts uh, to go after the technologies that uh, that we need to uh, to be uh, relevant. General Billy adding, the bottom line is our, our readiness will drop and our future modernization programs will be at risk. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. Republican lawmakers in Kentucky have swept aside the Democratic governor's veto of a bill regulating some of the most personal aspects of life for transgender young people. The bill bans access to gender-affirming health care and restricts the bathrooms they can use. The votes to override Governor Andy Bashir's veto were lopsided. The debate is likely to spill over into this year's gubernatorial campaign in Kentucky. It could reach the courts if opponents follow through on a threat to mount a legal challenge against the bill. Activists on both sides of the debate held competing rallies before lawmakers took up that legislation. President Biden delivered remarks today as part of his administration's Summit for Democracy in a session focused on how democracy can uh, deliver on global challenges. More if maybe sees Karen Travers. President Biden told world leaders in a virtual session at the Summit for Democracy that this is a turning point for the world toward, quote, greater freedom, greater dignity and greater democracy. This has never been easy. Democracy is hard work. The work of democracy is never finished. The president said the U.S. and allies can say with pride. The democracies of the world are getting stronger, not weaker. Autocracies of the world are getting weaker, not stronger. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Our tech company is moving too fast and rolling out power, powerful artificial intelligence technology that could one day outsmart humans. That's the conclusion of a group of prominent computer scientists and other tech industry notables like Elon Musk and Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, who are calling for a six-month pause to consider the risks. Their petition published today as a response to San Francisco startup OpenAI's recent release of a GPT-4, a more advanced successor to its widely used AI chatbot, ChatGPT, and helped to spark a race among tech giants Microsoft and Google to unveil similar applications. As California gets slammed with another round of heavy rain and snow, one central California county is getting creative 
to try to prevent flooding. Morph maybe sees Alex Stone. In Tulare County, South Valley, fire crews have spent days building what's called a muscle wall, a temporary flood wall made out of plastic barriers to protect homes and a golf course that could flood all the way through this summer as snow melts in the mountains and flows down the Kings River. Rick Carhart is with Cal Fire. It's a situation that is going to be affecting Tulare County for months. It's a one-mile-long barrier they hope will prevent catastrophic flooding. So far, corralling the force of the river has been a challenge. Alex Stone, EBC News. And actor Jeremy Renner is speaking out for the first time since his near-fatal accident. Renner spoke with Diane Sawyer in an upcoming ABC News special set to air April 6th on the network. More from ABC's Matt Wolf. He is in rough shape. It's a harrowing account of the January 1st accident in which the Avengers star was nearly crushed to death when attempting to save his nephew from a seven-ton runaway snowcat. You remember the pain? Oh, all of it. Renner sitting down with ABC's Diane Sawyer, revealing just how extensive his injuries were. Eight ribs broken in 14 places. Yeah. Right. His physical therapy still ongoing. He'll reportedly walk the red carpet just ahead of the premiere of his renovation series on Disney+, Plus, which he says has been instrumental in his recovery. Actually, to survive. It's not going to kill me. Away. No Matt Wolf, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.